Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines are still focused on the votes yet to be counted that will ultimately decide the balance of power in the House of Representatives and in the United States Senate. There are many people, though, that are already looking past those final results and looking for the leadership races for both the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, Who will be the Speaker of the House? Who will be the minority leader? Uh, Same that applies uh, in the Senate. Who will be the majority and minority leader? Lots of jockeying positioning going along. A lot of chatter going on, to be sure. Uh, So to help us break all of that down, we turn to James Walner, Senior Fellow at the R Street Institute. He also teaches in the Department of Government at American University and is a fellow at its Center for Congressional and Presidential Studies. Uh, James, welcome back to the program. Well, thanks for having me. So uh, let's let's dive in here. Uh, uh, you know what these uh, leadership races look like. And uh, if we can, let's actually start on the Democratic side in the House. Uh, we're going to suppose for this conversation that the uh, Republicans will eke out that advantage uh, by some small number. Uh, but so the Democrats will go into the minority there. Uh, let's start with that. We know we have Nancy Pelosi still in the driver's seat. Uh, and then uh, a lot of people talking about the aging leadership of the Democrats and a few young guns uh, that definitely have their eye on the prize in terms of some leadership slots. Absolutely correct that Nancy Pelosi is still firmly in charge, but she has pledged to to step down. Uh, she's le- leaving her options open, of course, but but it is something that she's expected to do. She's done a lot for the party. She's raised a lot of money. She's got a lot of victories for Democrats under her belt. And because the Democrats didn't have the kind of night that many Republicans in particular, but many election observers thought they were going to have, even though they're in the minority, Pelosi's still in a fairly strong position to help determine who her successor is going to be if she does, in fact, step down. There's a big push in the Democratic Party right now for some new blood, if you will, a new generation of leadership. And then, the, you know, in, in Congress, at least, when you say new generation, maybe it's in the 60s or 70s instead of the 80s. Um, you know, that's just the way it goes. But there is a, a, a big desire for younger, uh, younger generation of leaders and also, uh, I think, a more aggressive uh, generation, maybe a more liberal generation yeah. of leaders um, than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned the, the aging component there. Of course, uh, you, you really do have at the top of the Democratic Party uh, you've got uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi. You have Steny Hoyer, uh, 80s. You have uh, Jim Clyburn, 80s. Uh, and uh, I know you have people like Hakeem Jeffries, who who probably falls in that. I think he's uh, is he late 50s. He's late 50s, uh, but pretty aggressive uh, and uh, definitely seems to be working uh, with Jim Clyburn and others who also might be thinking about their legacy and who they pass on uh, the baton to. Uh, anything else you see interesting going on there? Well, uh, Jeffries is someone, some, someone that people are certainly talking about. I think Adam Schiff is also another mm. person that seems to be getting a lot of chatter. Um, he's got a lot of, I think, uh, um, experience with, with, the, um, with the impeachment trials. I think he can uh, point to his liberal con- credentials there. So he's someone else. But these are campaigns in their own right. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of House members, and they've got you've got to wage a campaign, and it's a very difficult race. Yeah, and uh, we know that the Democrats announced today that their leadership contest would be on the 30th of November, so not that uh, not that far away. 
so those will be very interesting things. And, of course, they also have to replace uh, the uh, C chair who lost his race, uh, Maloney. Uh, we had his uh, we had the, his uh, uh, defeater, Mike Lawler, on uh, his campaign folks on talking about how they won that race. So that will also be another interesting uh, position as well. Let's flip over to the Republican side where – uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, many people say, has been navigating already. He, I think he's been navigating for several years now in terms of positioning uh, for this. Uh, we know there are things on the uh, on the right flank in terms of the Freedom Caucus that might have something to say about that. What uh, kind of chatter are you hearing in that space? Well, the first thing your listeners need to understand is is the process by which you become speaker. You first have a vote uh, in the Republican conference in this instance, and the majority of the conference will pick their nominee for speaker. That nominee will then have to be approved by the full House, its entire membership. That isn't the case for the majority leader, and it's not the case for the minority leader, but it is the case for the speaker. Mm-hmm. And so while conservatives, and this has happened to McCarthy before, he is, he's tried for the speakership and hasn't gotten it, or he's actually yeah. bowed out of it and pulled out in the last minute. But conservatives have a little bit of leverage here because while they can't defeat uh, McCarthy in the, in the conference, they can threaten to withhold their votes on the full uh, speaker vote on the floor and partner with Democrats in that instance. Mm. And then McCarthy can't become speaker. And so they're doing that. I think this is a play we're seeing because they want to extract some concessions, not so much that they want to pick the speaker, but they want to extract some concessions from McCarthy on the committee assignment process, on the rules and how the House functions. They want to bring back the motion to vacate, which allows any single member to force a vote on the Speaker. This is how Boehner was ultimately out. Right. He didn't have this vote occur, but when Mark Meadows filed this motion to vacate, uh, Boehner saw the writing on the wall and decided to step down and resign at that point. Uh, it's fascinating stuff uh, on both sides there. Uh, let's go over to the the Senate. Is uh, Senate is more predictable? Uh, sadly so, I think. Uh, you've got two... Uh, People who've been in those positions for a long time in uh, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. And is there any sign on either side of that, regardless of who's in in charge or in the majority, uh, any sense that there'll be anything different uh, as it relates to the top spots in the Senate? Well, the the House, you see leadership challenges a lot more in the Senate. They've practically non-existent. I mean, the last yeah. time we saw challenges of the leader was Hugh Scott and Howard Baker in the late 70s. They're non-existent today, especially at the very top level. And, it, and, and it's seen as almost like it, it too radical a move. It's something that is very destabilizing. It's much more radical in the Senate for someone to challenge McConnell or Schumer than it is for like someone to propose some major legislation, for instance. And maybe that's the problem and why the Senate <laughs> operates how it does. I don't see any challengers to Schumer emerging. Uh, McConnell, uh, I, we see Rick Scott. He's out there. He's he's kind of hinting at a challenge. Mm-hmm. But at this stage, McConnell has lined up all of the votes. That can change. It can always change. But he's lined up all the votes, and it would be very difficult for anyone to to beat McConnell or um, Schumer. No sitting leader of either party has ever been defeated by a challenger in the United States Senate. And I think that's a very significant thing. And if someone is weak, and I say weak as McConnell, people typically say he can raise lots of money. He's a great tactician. But if you look at his legislative accomplishments, he doesn't have many, if any. Yeah. But yet his hold on his conference is 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 so tight that it, it's really hard for anybody to emerge as a as a credible challenger. Yeah, and to me, that's the that's the real sad part of that is the 
it, it should be about legislating, not politics and political fundraising. Uh, and as I've reminded many a Senate candidate, candidate across the country, uh, the number is 26. Uh, regardless of who's in the majority, it's going to be by one. Uh, and then all you need is 26 votes. And if uh, surely you can round up 26 of your colleagues uh, to do that. But is the fear of uh, not having Mitch McConnell's uh, money or machine behind you or have it actively working against you, uh, is that what keeps us in this status quo space uh, when it comes to the United States Senate? Uh, anything else you're watching, James, as it relates to Congress as they come back after the election? Obviously, there's still numbers to be counted. Uh, but anything else you, you got your eye on? Obviously, we've got uh, December the 16th when the money runs out uh, issue for the 77 millionth time. Uh, anything else you're keeping your eye on? Well, for your listeners, it also relates to the leadership elections. Everything happens in Congress for a reason at a certain time. These leadership elections are right after the election. The new members don't even know who they want to vote for, all of this stuff. But that's by design, Mm. just like with the lame duck. It's by design that they won't put a funding bill on the floor until the very last minute. The Republicans may try to get a, a, a CR to take them into the new year. That would imagine Democrats would resist that. But it's whatever happens, it's going to happen at the last minute when they don't have a lot of time left. And that is precisely because they want to get a certain outcome. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so glad you raised that, James, because that really is the the issue of issues here. You've got these all these brand new members of Congress on both the House and the Senate side. They're going to be carrying around these big binders filled with all kinds of information. They're going to be lost in the tunnels under the Capitol. I know because I've bailed many of them out who were lost. And then they're going to be asked to vote uh, in the leadership elections on November 30th. It's uh, absolutely part of the problem in in terms of of Washington, D.C. James, thanks for joining us today. As always, fantastic perspective. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, As James said, everything happens for a reason, by design, to get the outcome that the leadership wants. Uh, This is another one of those areas where I wish we had far more transparency in the process where new members had an opportunity to at least figure out how to get to the bathroom and back to their office uh, before they have to cast votes that will really impact what legislation comes to the floor in the House and the Senate. And lately, we haven't had a whole lot of either coming out of either party. Uh, These leadership elections will matter significantly. We'll keep our eye on them. You should, too.